by the way, I've been teasing the Art of Photography t-shirt for a few weeks now. They are finally available. If you want to get one while they are hot off the press, I'll put a link down below. I mean, I think you would look great in one of these. What is up everybody? Welcome back. In this video, I want to talk a little bit about raw image files and image editors like Adobe Lightroom or Capture One or any of the other alternatives that are out there. So the reason I wanted to discuss this topic is most of you in your lifetime as a photographer probably understand that pretty much Adobe has been the big player in the game and Lightroom is kind of the default image editor that people use. Of course, Apple had Aperture for a while and then they discontinued that, but we are getting to a point where there are some other solutions that give us choices. And I got really interested in this probably a couple months ago when I was able to borrow the Phase 1 camera and work with that. Now, Capture One was initially designed for Phase 1 cameras, and when you get into things like tethering and stuff, it was really designed for that camera to bring out the best performance and a lot of the things you could do remotely in a computer, as well as being a non-destructive image editor. In recent years, they have opened it up to other cameras as well. Of course, I don't actually own a Phase 1, so this got me really curious about experimenting, like, for instance, with Sony's and other manufacturers and how those images react in Capture One. The results were pretty interesting. So I took a sample image that was taken on my Sony a6300 and I took the same RAW file and I opened it up in Lightroom and I opened it up in Capture One and I was going back and forth and there is a huge difference between the way both those software applications read the file. So I took a screenshot of these two applications side by side. So Capture One is on the left and Adobe Lightroom is on the right. And when I put this on Twitter, I made a comment and I did not pass judgment on this image at all. I just simply said, it's amazing what the difference is when you look at it in between the two software editors. And you guys probably know that photographers definitely have opinions and a lot of people started arguing back and forth trying to explain why I was seeing something better than the other and it was interesting because the general consensus is that I was favoring Capture One, which I actually do, but I did not say that in the tweet. But what got me really curious about this is this is the exact same image. No settings have been changed, nothing has been applied. I simply opened up the image in both software applications and why am I seeing a difference? So I started researching this and I did find that a lot of people have talked about it. Most people were saying that Capture One applies more saturation and more contrast, which is somewhat true, but that really didn't explain why, because even you can tone back the saturation and you can obviously play with the contrast and the image still looked different to me. So I set out to find out why this was, and most of the people who have either made videos on this topic or posted on this in blog posts, I know some of these people and I know that all of them have a vested interest in Adobe and so I knew they were going to be very weighted and there was going to be no superiority of any other software application that would come out that would reign over the mighty Adobe, which is fine, but I wanted a slightly less biased opinion. So I reached out to one of my contacts at Digital Transitions. Now Digital Transitions are one of the big distributors for Phase One, so they sell Phase One cameras and they also distribute Capture One software. And I told him my dilemma and what I was looking for and I said, well, you know, I would really like to speak intelligently about this. I'm not an engineer. And he said, well, hey, why don't you talk to one of our product managers who can talk that way? And so he hooked me up with Doug Peterson. Doug was amazing. So I set up a phone call with Doug and we talked for about an hour and I fully expected this to be very biased towards Capture One, much like most of the opinions I had already read were biased towards Adobe and I would probably have to split the difference somehow. And it wasn't. Doug and I spent a long time talking about the differences between the two companies and who their target audiences are and who, what their approach is. And they're really pretty different. Different, which is good because really what I'm interested in knowing is when you have a raw image file, 
what, why does it look different in both applications and why does it behave differently? And why do I get a different look editing in one that's very hard to replicate in the other? And this is really what I was interested in going for. There are a lot of misconceptions from photographers, myself included, on understanding how a raw file behaves when you combine that with an image editor. And part of the problem is that we are photographers, not engineers. And so most people understand that if you set your camera to record images as raw files rather than JPEG, that you're going to preserve more data about the image, you're gonna have more flexibility, uh, what you can do with that image in post-production, you're gonna have much more dynamic range. There's a lot of variables to that, but unfortunately that's where most people's understanding ends. And the way Doug explained this, and I thought this was really great, is that when you record an image to your SD card or whatever that is from your camera, it's going to write that raw file. That's data, that's all that raw file is, and so, there's no image there. And so there are essentially three things that you need to turn that raw data into the image. So the first thing you need is actually the raw file. This is the data part of the equation. The second thing that goes into rendering the image is the software element. And this is the mathematical layer. So you have the data, you have the math. And the third element that goes into this are settings. And most people are familiar with that. If you bring an image into Lightroom, it's a non-destructive editor. So when you change settings, nothing's really degrading the image and you can change your mind later, set them back, same thing with Capture One. But the interesting thing is Doug told me, and this is going to make a lot of sense when you see the differences in these images, is that when you bring up a settings dialog box, like for instance, if you're opening a raw image into Photoshop and you get the Adobe Camera Raw dialog and you can adjust things like white balance and sharpness and you have some control over that image or anything you're going to do in Lightroom or Capture One, that zero does not exactly mean zero. So what you have to understand is there is an algorithm in the software that is written to interpret that data. And this is where these two companies do very different things. And this is where it actually gets really interesting, I think. And so if you have an algorithm that's going to basically interpret this raw file, I made the comment to Doug that a lot of people think, and I tend to agree, that when you open an image right into Capture One, that you see it more saturated than you do in Lightroom, and you see a little more contrast. And he said, well, that is true. Now, this algorithm that I'm talking about that's written to interpret the raw file, you can actually see this. It is known in software typically as camera calibration or something similar. So for instance, in Adobe Lightroom, if you go into the develop panel, and you scroll all the way to the bottom of all the development panes, you're going to see the bottom one is called camera calibration. You're going to see a process and a profile. And so, for instance, version 4 is the current one, and you can also roll this back to version 3, 2, or 1. So how do software engineers approach writing a calibration profile? Well, the most obvious place to start are by using those calibration cards that you see on all the big websites like DxO and all those when they go into their test images, and you see these little cards with all these little colored chips on them. And these are reference colors. A lot of times photographers will use these in studio or on location if they want a reference to look back to when they're doing post-production to make sure their colors are right. And this is a great place to start. These are very expensive cards. They're kind of a standard that goes into making them. But one of the limitations of using these calibration cards is that, for instance, you might have a couple different shades of red or a couple different shades of green or blue, but when you compare that to the human eye that's capable of detecting literally like thousands if not millions of different shades of red, you're limiting yourself into what you're going to be able to do with that camera profile. So basically what that means is you've got to find a way to test these images against what you're seeing on the card. And one thing that's interesting that Phase 1 do with their process when they write these calibration profiles for Capture One is they have a process 
that requires about 7,000 images that they take of everything from fresh fruit, vegetables, uh, human skin, raw meat, anything that's going to give off color. And the way that it was explained to me is that, you know, even the human eye, like if, for instance, if somebody is sick or has the flu or something like that, and they get kind of that pasty look that you can actually detect, and there's a disturbance psychologically that happens when you know that somebody is not feeling well because their skin tone is off. And so this is why subtle color variations are really important. And so they have this long process of getting all these test images and all these reference images that go into what they do with this. I'm sure Adobe has something similar that they do. I don't know specifically what that is. But in the end, what the attempt is is to get the image to look natural to the human eye. And we all know that it will never exactly replace the human eye because it is software and it's got a lot of limitations. So there is a point of failure. And what's interesting is Doug was talking about this and he said what the approach is with Capture One and when they write these profiles is knowing that there's going to be a point of failure where the software can't render a certain shade or something that when it does fail, they want it to fail gracefully. And so that's a very different approach than somebody else might have with theirs. And so the result in the end is you're going to see the biggest difference on things where you have subtle shades of the same color. And so for instance, portraits, human skin. If you have an image of a rose and let's say it's red and you've got all these different shades of red, you're going to see a much different look that covers more in an image like that than you're going to see in another software application. And I think this goes back to my original test image, which was this pumpkin with a lot of red brick behind it. And those are subtle shades of the same tones. And the way that Capture One handles that file is very different than the way Lightroom captures the same file. Really shouldn't say capture because it's interpreted you've already captured the imaging, but you know what I mean. You have to figure out as a photographer what works best for you. And no two photographers are gonna be the same. Everybody likes to work a different way. Everybody has specific things that are important to them that may not be important to somebody else. And Adobe writes great software. And Lightroom is actually a really incredible application. And if your requirements include things like image stitching or maybe geomapping, um, a certain way of organizing files, these are things that Capture One doesn't offer at this point. Whereas over, if you're over in Capture One, you also need to know that it doesn't support every camera that's ever been made. It supports most of them. There are about 400 in there. But for instance, if you shoot medium format, Capture One is very protective of that because it's made by Phase One. So it will not recognize files from Hasselblad. It will not recognize files from Fuji medium format. It will not recognize Pentax files. And so it's going to depend on what your needs as a photographer are and what software application is going to work best for you. The most fascinating part of all this, though, is when Doug and I were wrapping up this conversation, we were talking about how both companies up these profiles all the time and so like for instance in Adobe's if you flip down on that tab you can see them because they're usually named by year so for instance there's one from 2010 there's one from 2012 and we we're talking about how they've changed over the years and it's not just color like for instance we've talked a lot about how Capture One have this amazing color rendition with subtle tones and he said one of the things that Adobe's really improved on is like demosaicing in an image so when you're rendering uh, details that are really tight so for instance like I'm gonna use a dumb example here but if you took an image of your lawn, let's say, and it's right on the edge of where the grass blades don't they kind of fade off into just a texture and you start to lose that detail. Demosaicing is the method that stitches that together and brings it in and makes it look sharp in the end and gives you a lot of detail. And he said they've gotten really good at that. And I said, well wait a minute. Then that would mean though that cameras for or images from older cameras could be reapplied. He said, oh, absolutely. If you take some images that you shot like seven years ago, you know, like let's just say some images from 2009, you did on like a Canon 5D Mark II, go update the profile in there and actually the image improves. And I said, this is amazing because we're at a point right now where our catalog and our work as photographers 
has the ability to kind of be in this constant state of remixing, which I think is amazing. He said, oh yeah, take it a step further. If you look at it like this, back in the old film days, and I shot a lot of film, I still do for that matter. He said, imagine being able to take one of your negatives and say, this is really great, but I wished I used a different developer on here because I wanted a tighter grain structure, let's say. Well, you could just do it, but you can't with film because it's kind of fixed in the end. But with digital images, they live in this constant state of being able to reapproach them with better technology. And I think this this is the most exciting thing about being a photographer right now, just from a technical standpoint, is what you're able to do with the quality of your images. And so anyway, I would love to hear from you guys your thoughts on this. For those of you who have used Capture One, maybe you could share some of your experience. I just wanted to make a video that kind of had a more intellectual approach than just Capture One's more saturated, because there's more to it than that. Yes, I know it's more saturated, and you can dial that off. It still looks different, and I still get to my eyes anyway, a more pleasing image with Capture One in that particular case because of those subtle color variations. So I would love to hear from you guys on this. Remember, I have t-shirts. I will put a link below. Go check them out. Until next time, I'll see you then. Later.